Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you somewhat live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I'm Lizzie, and Brian is still down for the count today on this Sunday as I'm recording, and I almost forgot to actually record this intro-outro when I uploaded uh, this podcast to be scheduled to publish, so we're doing great already. This episode features our new friend, Chris Dudley of Under Oath, and we did this interview just about like a month or so ago, but it's just been in the pipeline, and we're finally excited to get this out to everybody to listen to. Before we jump on into that, though, you can always go and hang out with us over on Twitter and TikTok at XEmoSocialClubX and over on Instagram at EmoSocialClub. Um, and obviously, go over and check out our website, EmoSocialClub.com, if you just want to hit us up or check out our merch store, anything of that sort. For once, we don't have any other events coming up right now. July was super busy for us with IRL DJ events, and we're super happy and stoked to have seen everybody over the last month and hung out with everybody and partied. And August, we'll see whatever happens. But other than that, if you want to make sure to keep up to date on our stream schedule too, we finally did a stream this past Saturday and it was awesome to see everybody there. And shout out to our friends, uh, Smizelda and Gemma for giving us some good raids in the meantime too. Other than that, it's not too much is going on over here. It's It's been a little bit hectic and crazy. If anything, if you guys are at Lollapalooza this upcoming weekend or at the Kenny Hoopla Mimi at the Altar After Show, we will hundo P see you there. Until then, just keep up to date with all of us, and I'm not going to delay you any longer. Let's get into this interview with Chris Dudley of Under Oath. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie, and we're here this evening with our new friend, Chris, from Under Oath. Thanks so much for hanging out with us this evening. Oh, thanks for having me. No, it'll be, it'll be good. So we, we, got, all the, we got all the TV stuff out of the mm-hmm. way. We got all the cancelable takes out of the way. Now we can just have like a, a real discussion. I can't believe yeah. you said that about children. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can they all be good? Like, they can't all be good, you know? Yeah, There's you know. a couple of dicks in there. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of dicks in the mix. Uh, tell us about yourself. I mean, uh, people probably know Under Oath. Uh, if people follow you, they know that you've been uh, composing for movies recently. But why don't you give us the introduction, you know? Well, uh, I uh, live in Florida. I grew up in a small town. And I currently live in another small town uh, because I'm a I'm a fan of small town life and such. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have been uh, married for, I think this is the 17th year. Uh, Got three kids. My oldest just turned 13. Got an 11 year old and a uh, five year old. And uh, I enjoy movies and music and uh, hanging out and talking to people and pets i'm trying to con uh one of our friends that lives not far from us has a pig they just got a a pig what and they're about to move out of state literally in like a week um and the (laughs) husband doesn't like the pig at all and the wife's like in love with it Mm -hmm. yeah i i'm second guessing like being friends with them because this pig it's an inside it's like a little pig and uh i'm trying to kind of weasel us into you know, hey, if you can't take the pig with you, you know, maybe 
come live with us because yeah. uh, we got we got the property and we got the chickens and we got the kids and yeah so that's about me yeah I, I like pigs and uh movies and music and uh hanging out with friends and family yeah and drinking whiskey yeah. Now, here's so, the thing. What are you going to name this pig if you get it? Ooh, good question. Oh, oh yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> the the pig already has a name okay. because uh, he is a cl- the class pig of their oldest son. Because uh, in uh, in the, the mom's words, the teacher is very extra. And they were they were reading uh, Charlotte's Web. So she was like, oh, I'm going to get a pig for our class to just hang out with. But the school year is coming to a close, and she's like, what the heck are we going to do with this pig? So they had already named it Wilbur, which is like the most middle-of-the-road yeah. yeah, yeah. name for a pig. Average. Um, and I don't know if you can like rename it after it being like a year old. So we'd probably have to keep it Wilbur, which would be a bummer, because that would reflect on on me. Yeah. I, I like to think I would have a much better name, but yeah. It's like because then you don't want to get your own pig because then you want to take care of this pig but at the same time that pig already is uh, lame yeah so here's another <laughs> thing is i don't like my, my wife had talked about getting a pig a hundred times but i don't want to have to deal with training a pig this pig mm-hmm. has already been trained this pig mm-hmm. will will it pees and poops outside it sits on the couch it just hangs out it doesn't tear up the house and I'm like, oh, I could assume that a responsibility of an already trained pig. I just don't mm-hmm. want to be trying to train my own pig because that's just that's, that's ridiculous. Silly. Too much. Let that's, someone that's else do silly. the work. Delegate yeah, exactly. that responsibility. Take on yes. the responsibility of care after, you know, it needs yes. it needs someone and, and, else as a new owner. Yeah. And I'm just assuming that none of these friends uh, of ours are are watching this or else they're going to know I'm, I'm they're going to know about the secret plan. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody tell them. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Know. Will this also be if you get the if you get Wilbur, will he also be the unofficial under oath mascot pig? Ooh. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like well, uh, I don't know, because Spencer has a great Dane, a black and white great Dane named Snoopy. And if there were to be an under oath mascot, that would probably be it. Yeah. Uh, because it's just mu- a bunch better mascot. Very big. Like basically as tall as he is, so yeah, with that, yeah, yeah, Snoopy would probably win. But uh, I think that mascot should have more sidekicks, so mm-hmm. maybe it could be Snoopy because the pig's really small. So if you had this Great Dane with like a sidekick Ooh. pig, yes. I mean that's a that's a dynamic duo right there. That's that's an Instagram worthy yeah like if yes. we started a, a an instagram account for snoopy and wilbur that thing would go through the roof just oh, their absolutely. daily antics yeah I'm, i need to make a note of this yeah write it down because now we got to make a cartoon yeah <laughs> i don't know some, what it is about some every under time... super fan go make a go make a cartoon yeah. right now <laughs> Tag every everyone. time we we have an interview for some reason we just start brainstorming other content ideas and it <laughs> always turns out that we come up with like the greatest ideas on the pod yeah. see i have all these ideas and i'm always like oh i'm gonna do this i did one once uh because we were on tour and i i we were somehow we got on the topic of the drum fill on in the air tonight by phil collins mm-hmm. As and you do. i was like i was like i was making this this stupid joke about how it that's phil's phil like mm-hmm. that's his phil mm-hmm. and i was mm-hmm. like what if there was like an instagram account that was just all of the places on the internet where this phil is played so it's just four second video clips of just different people going do 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 
So I started Phil's Phil on Instagram and uh, we got we got a couple hundred followers. Um, but turns out it's a lot to keep up with. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, I just I, I took on a project and I didn't have the bandwidth for it. Yeah. So, but if if you want to check out Phil's Phil on Instagram, uh, I put a lot of a lot of heart and soul into that for about <laughs> two weeks. OK. And then. Yeah. And then there we that go. Was it. It's it's. Yeah. A lot of creative ideas when you're like, yeah. I guess I'm sitting on the bus waiting to get to the next place. I might as well oh, create an Instagram it, profile. And it became like a group effort too. Like mm-hmm. it was, uh, yeah, everybody was like, if they, people, different people were searching YouTube videos, trying to find new, interesting doo-doo-doo-doos. And uh, <laughs> they would just text them to me and I would have to try to come up with a funny caption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good times. Looking for some new music? The club has your back with our bangers only picks of the week. Chicago band Marina City drop their new single, Runaways. After their tour with Sand Atlantic, No Love for the Middle Child partner up with them and 0936 for their new song, My Friends. And you'll want to check out this band that I actually found out about a few years ago, then completely forgot about them. This is Wicked Bears with The Darkness. If you like what you hear, make sure to check out our Spotify playlist, Bangers Only, to keep up to date with the hottest tunes. So uh, let me ask you about uh, Under Oath. And the first question that came to mind was uh, actually it was kind of brought up the other night when we were streaming and uh, a friend of ours from uh, Wisconsin was like, I'm a keyboardist and I'm looking to get into a metal band. How does one become the keyboardist of a, of a hardcore band? <laughs> uh, probably not the way that I did. If you actually want to like succeed at it. Um <laughs> Because when, because I joined Under Oath when I was, I was a sophomore in high school. So I was 16. This was back in 99, 98 or 99. And uh, back then, I mean, obviously the band was just, you know, a high school band and, you know, playing in front of nobody. And it was just, you know, friends of mine that had a band. And our old singer, Dallas, uh, he used to, uh, he used to play the keyboard. He, he decided he wanted to have keyboards because back then we were like, you know, super metal, like really mm-hmm. just European influence, like very over the top, just crazy heavy guitar uh, leads and everything. And so he, he started playing keyboard and I was just kind of always around. And uh, I was talking to him one day and he was like, hey, uh, we're either going to try to find a keyboard player or I'm going to stop playing keyboard. Cause I just kind of don't like standing in the front of the stage, like playing keyboards and <laughs> screaming. Cause it looks silly. Sure. And, uh, at the time I was like, well, you know, good luck, you know, I hope you're able to find somebody. Cause I, I played guitar like kind of back then, <laughs> uh, but I was not a keyboard player. And then I actually think, uh, it was our old guitar player, Corey, who had had the, uh, idea they were like well chris is just always around 
and he plays guitar anyway. Like he could learn how to play a keyboard. <laughs> um, and yeah, so they asked me, they're like, Hey, do you want to play keyboards in our band? And you know, back then, um, you know, I didn't recognize I was really committing to something. It was more <laughs> so just like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. That'll be fun. You know, but you know, fast forward, I don't know, 20 something years later and I'm still, I'm still doing it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, I just kind of fell into it, you know, but I feel like that's just kind of the story with any, anything that you're doing for a long period of time, whether it's a, whether it's a, like a, a career in like business or whatever. It's like, well, how'd you get started? It was like, Oh, well I needed this job for the summer. So I interned here and then it, you know, 30 years later, you know, here I am. So, uh, yeah, very, very similar thing, but just kids in high school playing music. Yeah. We were, uh, like discussing, like these are bands that have, and, and obviously like since that time, every band kind of has synth in it and, and keyboard parts and, and, instruments that are not played by somebody that is on the stage but back in the day uh-huh. it was very rare when there was like a keyboard player playing with like heavy bands and then it was it, it felt like it was like kind of a, a sea change when under oath did it and then all of a sudden it's like yeah we need it in bleeding through and we have uh all the weird ones too like horse the band and and those kinds of acts yeah well i feel like i mean because for us and for me like I was just looking at bands that I loved, like band, mostly like European metal bands, you know, like uh, Symphony X and Nightwish and things like that. Um, that was what we were looking to. We're like, oh, like we want to bring this symphonic element to what it is that we're doing. Like it wasn't really like synth back then. It was like, oh, we want like strings and orchestral mm-hmm. elements and a keyboard is really the only way to do that. And it wasn't until I was in the band for a while and we just, you know, we realized that we didn't, want to really have that sound anymore where i was like okay well then what does that mean for my instrument and i'm like okay you know maybe i can bring in some some synthesizer sounds and it was a lot of trial and error and you know some stuff that worked and a lot of stuff that didn't and just trying to like figure it out but uh yeah i mean I i think you know any artist really is just trying to do their take off of what art they love by other artists you know like any actor you know they they grew up going to movies and they're like i want to do that like i want to do what that guy does but i'm going to do it in my way you know and it's i feel like it's the same if you're you know an author or a painter or you know a musician it's just you know you're like hey i want to do that and for me i wanted to be like nightwish and then later i wanted to be like you know tom york and nine inch nails and i'm just mm-hmm. trying to not rip off anybody too hard and do my own thing so. <laughs> too clearly yeah. too yeah. too specifically yes yeah yeah <laughs> i love that you mentioned nightwish i literally just saw them a couple weeks ago at yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well who's Finally. still in the band um because well, for... isn't it like because i haven't listened to them since like probably 2001 2002 dark passion play or like when annette was still i mean there was annette then there was Tar- there was tarja then annette and now they have floor so I think it was before Tarja was in the band because it was when they did uh, what's that record uh, Oceanborn like that was the big record for me which I think came out like 98 or 99 I think that was still Tarja Truin um, and then she left and then it was Annette because I got into Nightwish when I was in like middle school and that was Dark Passion Play okay yeah and that was after I had already kind of jumped ship but yeah Oceanborn whoo that record is 
It's just so good. Just to see it like live. I can only imagine what it would have been like to see like the original like Tarja True and live and doing all of it. But it was it was a time. It was wild. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. I found a bootleg like VHS uh, rip of uh, a show of theirs on the Ocean Born Tour in Europe when I I was younger. I was like in high school. And um, I remember because I just wanted to see what the keyboard player did. I was like, I got to see this guy play because he just like the 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 orchestral stuff ripped like it was just all this fast staccato stuff and i was like i want to see this guy just slay live right and there's this one part in this one song where like the entire band stops and it's like this really interesting string part and i i was trying to find them playing that song uh because i really wanted to see that and they happened to play that song in the uh concert that i had got the tape for and uh, I was like, I was like waiting for it. I was like, oh, okay, here it comes. And then once that particular part comes, he like puts his arms out and it's like a track playing all of the cool stuff. And I was mm. like, no, I was like, That's, that was what <laughs> oh, I wanted no. to see. Like, I will yeah, tell you I, when I saw them, whoever, I don't know. I think it was the same guy. But I have no idea. He was like going ham on it. Like it was crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, if you're going to be in that band, you have to be a ridiculous musician like you can't be a slog and be in that band i i could never be in that band just so it's said out loud like uh yeah i i am not nearly uh classically trained enough to to hold my own there as a as a keyboardist though i mean lizzie and i will both agree on this uh i'm amazed that you are probably just a like probably just a couple years older than me and your back and your neck are still allowing you to do all the stuff you're doing on stage because <laughs> oh they're oh i'm they're exhausted not. <laughs> <laughs> they are not I, I i promise i actually just got a uh uh because i've been having to go see a, a doctor for my neck for the past uh probably like five years or so and uh they have this thing where it's like this percussion gun that like goes up under my ear and it's this mm. whole thing and I haven't gotten an x-ray in probably like four years. And I got one when we got off the, the Voyeurist tour, like in, I think it was like in March and, uh, got the, uh, got the results back And my doctor just, uh, emailed me and said, Hey, we're going to have to talk about this. And like, and Uh-oh. I'm literally, Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm literally going in tomorrow for my appointment. So <laughs> that that's good times. Uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens, but rock and roll, right? You know, he's like, what I mean, do you listen- do for a living? Music at home, not on a stage. Oh, yeah, I'm oh, very they know. still. They, they, oh, they know. they're aware. Okay, they're aware because when I first <laughs> went to them, because uh, I was having all kinds of all kinds of problems, like I had this thing where like um, I couldn't swallow my food properly. Um, I uh, like it, like food was getting stuck, and then like there was like this pop anytime I lifted my hands above my head. Um, and it like hurt really bad. And I, so I went and got an x-ray and I'll never forget, uh, the doctor comes into the room after they got the results of the x-ray and she's going through my charts and everything. And first thing she says, is she's like, so, uh, when was your, uh, car accident? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, no. I was like, I was like, oh, I, I, I wasn't in a car accident. And she's like, oh, well, you've got some like pretty serious trauma to your neck and i'm like i'm like yeah like it's uh, i'm an idiot with my job and i <laughs> explain to her what i do and, she, and she's like you should probably not do that and i'm like yeah but it's like super fun i like to yeah. have it's a good a time and she's like 
Yeah, and she's like, that's fine. Uh, who am I? I'm just a doctor telling you not to do it. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you that the amount that you do for your band looks to me like a car accident. <laughs> uh, yeah, it feels like it, but it's fun. I, I, I don't know. I, I like, I like to have a, I like to have a good time. It's, yeah. it's, fun. You- it's, it's, it's funny. I, uh, I read an interview with, uh, Emily Haynes. I don't know if you know who she is. Um, she's a, a singer songwriter. She sings for that band metric. Uh, but she yes. also had, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she also has a solo project out which i the, the solo stuff i'm like in love with um but i read an interview with her because metric is like very high energy like electronic pop rock stuff and like their their shows are always super high energy and uh it was around the time that her solo project came out she had an interview where they were asking you know well what is it like to play shows like as a solo artist just like with a piano and she said that the biggest change in her favorite thing is that she doesn't have to get like warmed up to play a show. She's like, normally backstage at like metric shows, I'm like jumping up and down. I have to change into different clothes. I have to like get my body stretched out. I have to do all this stuff. And she's like, when I'm just doing my own stuff, I lit- whatever I happen to have on, I just walk out onto the stage with a bottle of water and I sit down and I just play piano and I sing for an hour. And I remember reading that and just being like, what would that be like? Like, <laughs> like walking off stage dry? Like that mm-hmm. would just be phenomenal. Like, yeah. But I don't think that uh, we'd be talking about it if that was all you were doing. So I guess it's like. Oh, well, that'll be another project another time. I'll, yeah. I'll find a way to go play shows one day where I can I can walk off stage dry. We'll, we'll, just, yeah. I'll, I'll figure That's it out. That's the big challenge. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, no, literally when we saw you, I was like, Brian, how is this man going so hard on the keyboards right now? Like, I was like, just like, it's for the culture. It's for the people. That was a fun show, by the way, the one you guys came to. I, that was, one? Yeah, that was yeah. great. I, I had a really good time there. I mean, Chicago's yeah. always good. We've, I don't think we've ever had a, a bad show there. We did a, uh, a record release show for our last, not this yeah, record that's out now, but our last one. Subterranean. Yes. I was there, yeah, and I yeah. and you were still going hard, but it's a much smaller space. It's much harder <laughs> to go hard on that. Stage. It was yeah. very small. Like yeah. we were on. I, I still remember we were on stage sound checking for that show. Like before doors were open, and we were just looking around, like, man, like how is this going to work? And you know, because we hadn't played a stage that small in so so long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you, know, you got to be careful. But it was, yeah, it was <laughs> it was fun. We we had a good time. That show was incredible. And I, here's, here's my story about it. I left work early and I'm like, you guys can fire me. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I left work early, got in line. That was Do like, you a, still work there. No, but not because of that. All right. Uh, I just started a new job. So everything's fine. <laughs> You're like, that was they like, fired me for a completely unrelated completely reason. Completely unrelated reason. <laughs> completely different. It's they fine. fired me cause I quit. Uh, <laughs> no. So I, uh, I was waiting outside in the cold all day, you know, just, just ready for this, uh, this line to go through. And they, they let me into the the place where they were handing out the passes. And then they're like, man, so we're all out. And I was like, are you, I'm literally the last person and you're not going to give me anything. He's like, I thought we had one more, but like, we don't, I don't know where it is. He's like, look, I have this extra VIP necklace. You can have it to go to the show. Just don't go into VIP. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go into VIP. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't, but I was like, I, I was like, I don't want to. I just want to see the show. You know, like this is this is very exciting for me. So. Uh, if I, I remember correctly, lucky. that was a short show, right? Like we didn't play a long set. Yeah, um, I, I I had seen it on online that day, I think, or or whenever it was announced. Like this is how it's going to work, uh, and then yeah, it was like a label showcase. I think they were saying like when we were there, it was like oh, there's like people from from record labels upstairs, and they're only going to play like yeah uh, a short amount of uh, of of songs. But I was like, I don't care. This is going to be the most excellent under oath show of all time for me so well, i hope you enjoyed we we, we had a good I had time a blast the the awesome. uh writing on the walls moment i'm just like okay all right this is <laughs> too intense everybody's throwing everybody's just hands in the air it's violent awesome. it's such a good time love it love it Freaking well bes- besides that um obviously we have you also with doing all this kind of like composition too on the side which i feel a lot of people are like not super aware of. I mean, you had two films that were for Tribeca Film Festival. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of wild and crazy and great. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's it Yeah, that whole thing is wild to me cuz like uh I mean, a the fact that I'm able to compose music for film at all, like the fact that I have a film completed whether or not it's released or you know in a festival or anything like just the fact that somebody was like hey i i have a movie and i want you to score it like for me that's like that's like mind-blowing because i you know you know writing music for film has been something i've wanted to do for so long um and the fact that it is like shaping up to potentially be like my long-term career is like crazy you know like i am i'm just super thankful like i um it's a lot of work like it's 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 stressful and um you know i feel like i'm pushed to my creative limits basically every day but um you know being able to sit in a movie theater and watch something that i have uh written the music for is like just it's it's crazy and you know in and through doing this i've you know met a lot of i met a lot of people that you know i never thought i would have been able to meet and i have uh you know gone places i didn't think i'd ever be able to go and it's uh yeah it's 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 crazy i'm i'm just super thankful and just trying not to screw the whole thing up basically (laughs) that's that's kind of where i'm at now I mean, explaining the story is like, yeah, I was just the guy who was going to learn to play keyboards because I liked all these bands. And now you're like scoring for film. It's kind of that that, you know, like, oh, I was just thrown into this role. But now I'm like making it this this bigger uh, career move sort of thing. It's kind of just that funny how life turns out, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, me getting into this was equally as wonky, I, I feel like, um, <laughs> you know, because I I uh, I was talking about this the other day, but, um, you know, cause I, I've, I've, I've talked about wanting to write music for film for so long. And, uh, one day I was talking to my wife about it and she was just like, well, why don't you just do it? And I named off all these reasons why not, you know, a, you know, not having the, not having the skill set, not, uh, really knowing what I was doing, not having connections, all this stuff. And she's like, well, why don't you just say that you're doing it? And then 
see if something comes of it. So that's basically what I did. I just, I just, I had uh, posted something online saying that I was opening up my studio for writing projects. Uh, so if anybody had like a record or a video game or a movie to get in touch with me and, you know, maybe we could work together. That was all just to try to hopefully find somebody who had a movie they were working on that they would let me write music for. Um, and that was just kind of how it started and it's just snowballed from there. And, um, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't feel like I have it figured out at all. And I feel like, um, I'm still just not faking it, but I'm still <laughs> just like trying to like do the best job possible to where like people, when they listen to what I'm doing, they will, they will, uh, they'll like it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's odd. Like, I, I feel like I should have a lot more figured out by this point, considering how long I've been doing this and, um, how much I'm doing, but I'm, I still just feel like every day when I sit down, I mean, cause this is where I do everything basically. When I sit down in this seat, I'm just like, all right, hopefully something comes to me today. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it doesn't suck today. We'll, we'll see. So. Brian, I can never, tell, I can never tell if you're going to say something, Lizzie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I guess it's 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 this interesting thing about like you know growing up listening to Under Oath. If I were somebody who was making a movie, I might be the type of person to be like, you know, who do I want to make music for this? It's like, well, why not go to like the bands that I grew up loving and the bands that like are making music that resonates with me to then do the music for a movie. Like I imagine, mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably not how Trent Reznor got into it, but maybe there was somebody <laughs> oh, who was like, if that's 100% oh, how he got into it. Yeah. For, it's like, for sure. Yeah. Oh, Hey, I really like uh nine inch nails. Do you want to do the music for the social network? And it's like, yeah, all yes. right, let's go. <laughs> that, and that's exactly how it happened for him. And that's exactly how it happened for me. Like the, the, the first feature that I did uh, the director had caught wind that I was open to working on different projects and he was just, he, he grew up listening to our band and, uh, he was just like, Oh, would you want to score this movie? And I was just like, <laughs> I, I acted as if I knew what I was doing. I was like, of mm -hmm. course, like, let's, let's go. <laughs> and then I'm on the internet. Like, how do I, how do I do this? Like, what is, what's the process? And, uh, Googling, you know, the, how do I score a movie? How do you, how do you score movies? What is the wiki? How of yeah, how to right. score a movie? Oh man. I wish there was such a thing. That would have been a big help years ago, but, uh, no, I, uh, yeah, that, that honestly, that's how, that's how it happened. Um, and you know, I have no, uh, I, I know for a fact that me being in the band is the only reason why I not the only reason, but most of the reason why I've been able to do all the films that I've done, because it, it was, and is like a, like a, like a slingshot, you know, it's, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not just a guy writing music somewhere that wants to write music for movies. It's like, I, I recognize that, you know, there, there are connections that I had and people that I know that were able to help, but, um, I'm thankful for all of that, you know, cause, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people who are a lot more talented than me that do this that haven't had uh, quite the opportunities that uh, I do. 
but um you know i feel like that's the same way with like bands too like we like under oath would tour with bands all the time and we still do that are like smaller than us but we're like yo you guys are like like we would talk amongst ourselves about how much better than us they are we're like why why are they opening for us like we should be opening for them you know (laughs) and uh you know but i think just being cognizant of that is uh it's uh yeah it's important so yeah the art is always (laughs) yeah the art is always going to mean probably something else to somebody else that has Mm -hmm. some some different feeling towards it and wants you to I don't know. I guess I guess it's like working with you, but also it's like, you know, there there are so many people that grow up with all this music that just want to be able to do it. And it's like, I don't care uh, uh, if you're like not to say I don't care if you're good or not. It's like I just want you to be the one to do it. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, there are so many people that have been that have done like soundtracks to movies and you're like, that wasn't terribly great. But yeah. I'm glad you did it, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's funny because I, I was listening to, uh, this podcast. I, I, I'm a nerd. I listen to like film score podcasts and all this stuff. And they were talking about how it's not necessarily like every composer is not going to have every skill set. And they were specifically mentioning Trent Reznor and they were like, Trent Reznor could not write a score like John Williams. Like he just does not have that ability to do the things that John Williams does. Like, but that does that mean that anything, any of the scores that him and Atticus do are any less good than a John Williams score? It's like, do those scores make you feel any less than a John Williams score? Uh, no, not at all. It's just different skill sets, different, different vibes. And like there was, uh, this band called MMMD who did a, a score for oh some uh, it's a horror movie I saw it maybe been Sador or something like that anyway I had heard the score and uh, I went and looked up who did it and it was like this band it was like a two piece that did the score and uh, I listened to their stuff and it's all just like drone like it's like mm-hmm. no tech really technicality it's just all vibe. And I thought about that with them too. I'm like, you know, if you wanted them to write a intricate classical, like piano thing, could they do that? Maybe not. But does that make what I saw and what I heard in that film any less impactful? You know, no, not at all. And, you know, I think that that is kind of similar to any sort of artist where, Um, you know, you have somebody, you look at somebody like Johnny Cash and you say, well, can Johnny Cash hit the notes that, you know, Freddie Mercury can hit? And it's like, well, no, but that's not what Johnny Cash does. Like that (laughs) doesn't make Johnny Cash any less good. He just does something different. So, yeah. So I try to keep that in mind when I recognize how much talent other people have that I don't have. I just, (laughs) I just chalk it up to that's not my vibe. Yeah. It's different vibes. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's like that meme like, oh, in theory, Kesha could do like um, Yellow Submarine by the Beatles, but the Beatles could never do Die Young by Kesha type of thing. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. well, (laughs) not everybody is going to have that versatility like that, but it's like they were good for what they were good in. Yes. And I think that that's a that's an important thing to um to be okay with as an artist too, you know, recognizing like, Hey, get better as much as you can 
learn as much as you can, but don't kick yourself if you're not able to like, you know, do arpeggio guitar sweeps like the guy from Dragon Force. If that that maybe that's just not what you do. Like maybe that's not where your strong suits are, you know? So um yeah, and I, I think our band is a good uh a uh, good example of that. You know, there's a million bands that could play us under the table at our instruments, except for maybe Aaron, because Aaron's a ridiculous drummer, but mm-hmm. uh, the rest <laughs> of us are just, you know, we we're, we have our, our thing that we do and we do it to the best of our ability and it, and it works. Uh, but, you know, hopefully uh, a, a takeaway from that is, hey, you can, you know, you can do well at what you do and you don't have to do what everybody else does. So, yeah. 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 Uh you made me think of something too of like, I guess with a movie you're, you're writing the score for it and that movie is put out and it lives forever. Kind of in the same way that an album does where you're creating an album, you're in the studio making all the songs and you put it out and then that's it forever. Right. So like Mm -hmm. whatever you're contributing to the album or contributing to the movie, that's going to be it for the rest of time. Right. Until they reboot Mm -hmm. it. Uh, which I don't, you can't reboot a band really, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you can re-record Menudo. it, but you know, all right. Do you know anything all about right. Menudo? I, I know about Menudo, but I wasn't thinking about them when I was crea- crafting this theory in my <laughs> oh head. My God, Ryan. I don't well, pretend like I didn't say that. Yeah. Yeah. We don't talk about Menudo. I haven't seen Encanto, yeah. so I don't have a <laughs> reference on that song. I'm just like, it's, wow. I get them. I get the meme. I don't get the reference. Um, yeah. Like I, I wonder if that, that, feeling of like i don't know what i'm doing i'm gonna create the best art i can and the art just is what it is it kind of is part of that like i i I think you have to iterate and learn and grow and make things in order to learn what you want to do for the next thing and so every Mm -hmm. record will change because you now know everything you learned through the process of making that record so you're making your next record and you're taking all that information you're learning more and now you're doing that also with like movie scores and learning from people who have done that process like trent going from being a a musician into uh, uh composing music for movies and all the stuff that he's learned over his process too and it's like Mm-hmm. That that pressure of the art being out there and never being able to change, but also understanding like I'm going to get better at it and I'm going to make new stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, I, I think that being able to let go is a big part of that, like, you know, being able to 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 complete an album put it out and just say, OK, that record is now what it is. You know, now I can now I can move on because, you know, there's, you know, a million projects out there from a million different artists that you know they don't feel like it's quite right so they just don't release it and i feel like being in a band um like ours where we don't really have an option to just i mean i guess we could just not release music if we wanted to but like we 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 like to regularly release music you know so having a sort of deadline that we place on ourselves is nice because then it's you know it kind of forces us to like say okay like this is this is going to come out you know and and similarly with a with a film um you know I'm right now I'm on two different deadlines for two different films and you know by the end of this month early next month they're both going to be done like I, they have to be done so I it's it's forcing me to not have the option to like tinker and 
you know, try to make it 1% better. It's like, well, I have to just put it out there. And I think that, um, I think that that's good in general for any sort of artist to have, you know, time limits, to have money limits, to have, you know, whatever limit is, is being imposed on them, whether it's by themselves or by someone else, because then that just, that makes, that makes stuff happen and that makes stuff come out and, you know, arguably that makes stuff better, you know, cause there, there are, you know, directors out there that, you know, they make their first thing with like no dollars and, uh, you know, no time. And it's like amazing, but then you give them a hundred million dollars and the sky's the limit. And then the thing just ends up being weird. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think similarly with, with bands, it can be that way as well. You know, if you, you know, they release a demo and it's like, great, but then it's like, then they have, you know, you know, however long to make their next record and they just, you know, tinker and it just ends up not having like that magic that their early stuff did. I don't know. I mean, you could kind of, uh, you could kind of pontificate on that for days, but who knows? I mean, I, I feel like all artists are just trying to make something dope at the end of the day. They're just trying to make something that people listen to or watch and you're like, oh, that's cool. Like, I like that, you know? So mm. yeah, that's, that's all it comes down to really. Now, you mentioned earlier going into like this whole artist thing um, and those who are just kind of like killing it in the game right now. Who are some of them that you feel that you should be opening for that you have either <laughs> listened to or seen or or have toured with? Oh, gosh. So many bands. I, I, uh, I mean, there are bands that I, you know, in a perfect world, I would like to play with. But I know, you know, that how the business works and it's just that just won't happen like i love uh i'm really listening to a lot of flume lately um Mm. i think that newest flume record's great uh the newest horror record i think is uh Mm -hmm. probably that might be my favorite record of the year at this point and like i would love to see uh that band just get so big that that (laughs) you know, we would, we would be able to open for them. Like that would be, that would be amazing. Um, uh, Ethel Kane. Um, I really, really like Ethel Kane. Um, you know, that's not an artist that we would ever, uh, tour with. I don't think just because that the styles are so different. Um, you know, I wish that wasn't the case. I would love to just tour with all different kinds of artists, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, just with, the way that the business works that's not really how it how it tends to happen i actually just pulled up my um my apple music to see what i added recently um uh the smile is amazing but we would open for the smile because it's basically radiohead uh <laughs> not not that we would ever get to go on tour with the smile but uh yeah if you haven't heard that record from the smile it's freaking yeah it's amazing when we uh, when we went to the Chicago show, we were very excited <clears throat> to see Spirit Box because we we're like, this just makes a lot of sense as, as a as a lineup. Uh, yeah. Very bummed that COVID took that experience away from us, and yeah, us too. still haven't seen uh, still haven't Spirit seen Box. Spirit Box, but uh, like I do feel like that that sort of like metal show aspect of it, like that is a. Uh, it's it's an interesting thing to have like just that like metal show and metal bands on a on a gig and having like that community um and and 
I guess in my mind, there are so many festivals that have just all kinds of stuff. And you guys just played So What, which was very much exactly that. So and What is the perfect example of what I think every tour should be. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I would love for us to be able to go out on the road and have, like, some just, you know, rip your heart out, singer-songwriter open have some like weird electrical uh, you know uh, electronic uh artist be on it you know maybe have a maybe have another heavy band maybe have a straightforward rock band or something um and then have us play like have just a diverse lineup of of bands you know we we try to do that as much as possible but we never we're not really able to swing super far one way or the other uh just because of the way that everything works but you know i think that so what had a great lineup and you know there was awesome hip-hop artists uh electronic artists soft artists heavy artists like it was just a whole a whole uh interesting group of artists put together and i i think it ruled personally like we had to play during two chains which i was not super stoked on because yeah. i wanted to see two chains but yeah uh yeah but it was uh uh yeah it was rad but it was it was also cool though because like like we were both playing at the end of the night and both of our stages were just like slammed. Mm -hmm. So I think because that lineup is so diverse, it's not like, Oh, like everybody's going to see one or the other. It's like, you know, you, you kind of have a split down the middle of people who would rather see under oath at the end of the night or go see two chains at the end of the night. And <laughs> I would be on the two chains end of that just so we're clear, but um, yeah, no, no, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was dope. I loved it. I love your band, but I think I'd go see Two Chains just because I've seen yeah. you guys a few times. It's like I'm gonna go check out. It's like when have you go. ever seen Two Chains? Never. <laughs> Never. Can't imagine. I don't yeah. know when it's gonna come up next. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Uh, how is there anything that we can do to help facilitate an Underoath and Hundred Gex tour? God, please. <laughs> um, I. I the literally the only thing I could think of is if something like that did happen to come up, just buying a ticket. Like I, <laughs> I, I feel like if there were a tour like that, um, you know, because we had talked about trying to tour with Ghostmane at some point because mm -hmm. you know he did a feature on our record and we we just thought that would be an interesting tour. But there's a lot of you know people in the industry that are like, oh well, that's not really you know that tour you know that lineup doesn't make a whole lot of sense or whatever. But I feel like if there were a tour like that, where it was like a super diverse lineup of whatever singer, songwriter, hip hop, heavy rock, and it like just blew out and just a ton of people went to go see it, then other agents, managers, whatever would look at it and be like, Oh, like people do want to see this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, those are decisions that are made, uh, by people who are not me uh but yeah i don't know but we what i'm thankful for is we, uh back in like 2016 we did a tour and uh we announced the tour and it was it was just doing insanely well before we even announced any support so we want, decided that we wanted to just have a a, a two-band bill so it was us in a band called caspian and Caspian like doesn't really, I mean, they, 
don't really sound like us at all, but they're just an amazing band. And we got to just like, our, our agent was just like, who do you want to bring out? Like you can literally <laughs> bring anybody. Cause they're, we, we don't need any assistance in selling tickets. Like it's just, who do you want to bring? Uh, and it was, uh, yeah. So we chose them because we love them. And, um, you know, if that were the case, like if we were just like Taylor Swift big and we could just bring <laughs> just literally anybody we Whoever. wanted, our lineups would look wacky because we would all probably just <laughs> we would just choose one band each. Like just whoever you want. We'll mm-hmm. just we'll just bring them on. So uh, it's like yeah. rotational. It's like, oh, you pick this sort. You pick the next set. Mm-hmm. We all get yes. to have some fun. <laughs> yes. And that's like the uh, the Mike Chemical Romance tour that they're yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. That is the dream right there, because like. They could go out with no openers and it would just be, it would just crush wherever. And when you look at that lineup of openers that they have on there, that's literally the band just going, man, who would be really cool to open up for us? Like, who would I love to sit and watch? And that's, that's all that is. Uh, and you know, it's their friends. It's, uh, you know, just bands that they happen to love. And that's, yeah, that's the dream. That would be, yeah, that'd be so madness yeah but hey you know i'm not literally not complaining because we get to tour with dope bands it's just yeah uh yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah that that spirit box tour uh a lot of fun really just got to bring back the di- uh, the diverse genre bills like you mm. had when you were in like high school everyone's like yeah, what's going I, on here and then I you come say in that like, all the that? time yes i say that all the time yeah you're preaching to the choir here <laughs> I'm surprised Ghostmane wouldn't or uh, uh, Ghostmane wouldn't make sense because I I found out like kind of like a couple years afterwards a buddy of mine who's in the band Harm's Way they toured with Ghostmane and I'm like mm-hmm. well that doesn't make any sense to me that's like way 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 too heavy to for playing with Ghostmane and then I'm like okay I guess I kind of like I kind of get it yeah. but there's gonna be like these younger kids in the audience who are into like the new sounds that like may not even realize that oh yeah i like under oath i've heard under oath before i've heard mm-hmm. these bands and i'm like i don't see them doing that with harm's way and dude just like being a fucking Dudes. thwomp of a man just yes. like, <laughs> dude he's a thwomp he's a he's a he's a very large guy i don't think i've ever seen anyone from that band but i really like that band they they mm-hmm. they've got some uh they've got some rippers i'm, I'm a fan well, he's a he's a he's a big boy. So if you ever check All him right. out, you're gonna be like, oh, oh wow, oh okay. Maybe me and that guy can start a two piece, just like the yeah. just the, the the big guys in the bands just taking over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to uh, also get a little nostalgic with you about uh, you know where the band has come from and and how the band like kind of uh, has the legacy it has. You know, like. Uh, growing up and, and reinventing your exit and it's dangerous business. were like two songs I listened to pretty much every night going to bed. That was a weird like time in my life from just like, yeah, that, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're only chasing songs. safety is, uh, you know how I fall asleep. And then it would yeah. go into like slip knots, uh, subliminal verses. And I'm like, man, college is a weird time, but <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, how do you feel about like coming from that scene, coming from the emo scene and, uh, the warp tour crowd and like how it's having this kind of resurgence now. And, and obviously people are, are learning of the band and, and all the old songs and, and hearing the new stuff too. And how do you, how do you feel about all of that happening? 
Uh, it's cool, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's it's. I I guess the 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 most accurate thing I could say is that I slash we kind of don't really think about it, like because for us, you know, we we're always, you know, we're always writing, we're always trying to work on new stuff, and you know we, you know we're touring a lot not not as much as we used to you know by by choice but um we you know i think it's mostly when we talk to other people like you know something like this or you know talking to people at shows where you know they'll talk to us about what a certain song or a certain record meant to them at a certain time and that is where we kind of are the times when we take a step back and say like oh like you know, this thing that we do has meant something to people for a long time, you know, and that's super interesting and super awesome. Um, but, you know, but as far as, you know, you know, having like a resurgence or whatever, we just I, I kind of look at it as like, well, we've been doing this. We haven't. I mean, we broke up, you know, <laughs> a, for a few years. We were gone for a while, but, uh, you know. Aside from that, it's just like, well, we're still just doing the thing that we've always done. Um, so, you know, and, you know, our, our, the last tour that we did is the biggest headliner we've ever done. Um, you know, maybe that has something to do with this resurgence, if you want to call it that. But uh, it's just been, uh, yeah, it's cool. I mean, the way that I look at it is if anybody is listening to us and digging what we're doing, whether it's new stuff or old stuff, then bring it. I mean, yeah, we just like going out and playing music with our friends and having people, having people come and watch us. So you know, people get to do that for now it's over two decades. Then that's wild. You know, thankful. As uh, we've asked a few of the the dads who have reunited their bands and, and have kids who are, I mean, yours are a little older than uh, the guys in Midtown and the guys in uh, Juliana, Juliana theory that we've theory. talked to, but do your kids think that your music is cool? And do they think that it's cool that dad's in a band? Uh, no, they, they don't think <laughs> our music is cool. Um, there are times when they think that it's cool that I'm in a band or in under oath, uh, but it's mostly when like uh you know other people will like like they'll come up and like talk to me like out in public or something or you know their friend's dad you know will find out that i'm an under oath and like they'll be talking to our kid like my daughter about it or like you know my daughter's dance teacher my daughter found out is like a big under oath fan and uh so those are the times when they're like oh like yeah, my dad. But but any other time, it's just it's they don't they don't care. Yeah. Um, they don't like music really with screaming in it at all. Um, you know they 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 probably think that the film stuff I'm doing is a little cooler. Um, even though they really haven't been able to watch any films that I've scored yet because they're they're all pretty uh pretty uh PG thirteen slash R. Mm. Not films, safe for children. But, sure, sure. Oh, not, not kids' movies at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I mean, uh, it's it's cool to 
see like you know because me particularly me and aaron and james and tim we've all had kids for you know right around the same amount of time like my oldest is the oldest of the under oath kids but it's been cool to see the kids grow up together and have it be where we are just you know the dads at the barbecues like oh yeah you know mr tim and mr james and you know mr grant like those are the dads at the at the birthday parties and stuff but then like it always seems like when they they come to it they'll all come to a show probably like once every year or two like if we happen to have a big florida headlining show they'll come out and you can see that they're kind of like re-remembering it's like oh like these dads also like do this cool thing you know Mm -hmm. um but for them it's just you know it's their their dad and their friend's dad get together and play music and um yeah it's it's i don't know it's cool i i think maybe they'll think it's cooler later like when they're Mm -hmm. like you know not 10 to 13 like maybe when they're like late teens early 20s they'll be able you know kind of look back on you know what it is done and they might think it's a little cooler but for now we're just you know Everybody thinks their dad's lame when they're 13. <laughs> See, yeah. that's the thing. It's like you're you're playing these headline shows. You're in front of like thousands of people and your kids are like, oh, dad, I don't care. Like, no. See, that's the thing is like at the show, they think it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Like they're like, oh, they're walking around like they own the place, you know, mm-hmm. walking backstage and just like flashing like, the pass I'm and everything. The VIP. <laughs> 100%. But then literally get in the car to go home and mm-hmm. it's just like, dad, you stink. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, are we stopping at McDonald's? You know, there's like, uh, where's my chicken nuggies? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, that that turns off as soon as we leave the show. So, good times though. It's got to be humbling to go from like all those days of like, I just remember like, and, and and I don't think Under Oath ever ever gave me this vibe, but like on Warp Tour, there were all the bands that were like just starting to blow up and like kind of cocky and kind of just like, yeah, I'm like really a badass dude and like i'm in this cool band and everybody <laughs> likes me and then it's like everybody's talking about their kids now and it's just like yeah kids don't care about their dad See, doing this and i'm like that's that's humbling and awesome i think yeah that's the cool thing about never having really been cool is you never have to have that humbling moment of like sure. oh yeah because i because i could just be like yeah i was like look at me at any point i've never been cool so i don't i don't have to humble myself i just have to say i'm the same dude i, I was in a lot of ways 20 years ago so yeah uh well we we probably have a little bit longer to talk uh we got like five minutes left in the recording part of this and then i think we'll hang out on twitch for a little bit um i don't know if you have anything to plug but i'd love to tell people where they could find you and uh where where you're at on the internet and where they can i guess if they're of the 13 or r-rated movies where they can watch your films all (laughs) those sorts uh, of things yeah so i am on uh mostly i'm on instagram and twitter i am chris under oath at chris under oath on uh both of those uh I'm super easy to reach. I just, I, one of the main reasons I like social media is just because I get to just talk casually to like whoever, like, you know, the fact that, you know, somebody can just send me a message and say like, 
hey, like what plugin did you use for this sound? I think it's cool. And I could just shoot a quick answer back. Like that's the sort of stuff where if I had that when I was like 14, it would have like blew my mind. Like mm -hmm. being able to just message like the guitar player of my favorite band. You'd be like, hey, you know, what kind of strings do you use? You know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter, easily reached. Um, as far as stuff to plug, um, I've got a film I scored uh, that's out now called Whelm, W-H-E-L-M, uh, which I'm super proud of. Uh, I have another uh, a horror movie, uh, like super fun Halloween horror movie called Bad Candy. Um, that's also out. Um, and I don't know when this is releasing, but if you're in the New York area... Um, I have another film that is going to be in Tribeca Film Festival this year called Peace in the Valley that I scored. And I think there might still be tickets for that. You can buy like single day tickets. So um, there's three screenings the week of the 12th. So if you look online for that, uh, it's called Peace in the Valley. If you want to come uh, and uh, critique my music to my face, that is the place to do it because I'll, I'll be I'll be there. Um yeah, the new uh, new Under Oath record came out in, gosh, January, mm -hmm. uh, called Voyeurist, which I'm crazy proud of. I love it so much. Um, yeah, I've got a couple more movies coming out uh, this year that uh, I'll be super vocal about on all my uh, all my socials and all that good jazz. So yeah, and then working on Under Oath stuff as always. Can we expect Good. more Under Oath um, next year? I would hope that you could expect more Under Oath this year. That's okay. my goal. Uh, like a little behind baseball stuff is uh, we are, I think technically as of this month, because uh, we have the, the Voyeurist was our last album on our, on our previous recording contract. So we, we're not signed to a label right now, which means that if we wrote a song tomorrow and we wanted to release it just for fun, we could. Um, and we've been throwing around the idea of just like doing an experimental EP and just putting it out, like not having a big release plan or anything, just writing you know, three songs and putting them out. So I, I'm hoping that we'll have new music out this year. So yeah, that'd be sick. Got to do it. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a big fan of EPs and mm -hmm. uh, if we could just regularly release EP, I would not be upset about that. One of uh, one of the bands that has really impressed us over the past couple of years, I guess, uh, Lizzie and I is Bring Me the Horizon and how they've just released like kind of whatever they want, like just EPs full of all different types of music. And they put out that like weird EP called like music to and then like a bunch of different words. And it was yeah. just a real chaotic mess, but it's like, you just clearly wanted to do something and you just wanted to explore and experiment and not have a lot of fanfare about it, but just like be musicians, you know? And, and yeah. I think that uh, in a lot of ways, musicians now are just like, I can do all of this at home. I can do all of this for myself. I can put it out whenever I'm ready. And I think that's, uh, I think that freedom is the beautiful thing about it. It, it is beautiful. And, you know, one of the things I love about regularly putting out smaller chunks of music is, you know, I, I point back to Nine Inch Nails because they put, uh, you know, they put out a series of EP uh, semi-recently. And one of them in particular, I didn't like at all. This one called the Bad Witch EP. I was, mm. 
Nine Inch Nails is one of my favorite bands of all time. Like I basically just want to be in that band. Like they they are <laughs> it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they released that EP, I listened to it and I was just like, "Yep, this isn't for me," and I don't like it. And I'm I can't wait to hear what they do next. But in the in the world of like albums like if a band like nine inch nails puts out puts out an entire album that for you is a miss where you're just like oh that's not good it's not a discussion of like man i can't wait to see what they do next it's a discussion of what happened to nine inch nails like (laughs) yeah it's like like they used to be good you know like or whatever whereas uh that's not the case if you're just like putting out and, and i feel like that that also opens you up to be able to experiment more because you can just say, Hey, like this is the thing we're, we're doing. We think it's cool. Uh, you know, if you don't like it, cool. You know, I mean, that's kind of how we approach every album in general, Mm -hmm. but the idea of being able to take bigger swings creatively and just like, and to be able to say with confidence, like if, you know, if you don't like this, we're going to be putting another album out, (laughs) another EP in like six months, eight months. So just, you know, we haven't changed or done anything. We're just like doing new stuff. So yeah, <clears throat> who knows if we'll, you know, be able to do that regularly, but you know, as of now we're, uh, we're not on a label, which, you know, is pretty, uh, pretty dope. So I'm hoping that we're able to take advantage of that to fullest. Nobody's telling you to make eight TikToks a day. Yeah. Oh no, nobody did anyway. We're, yeah, <laughs> oh, okay. we're, so you got away with that. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, we're we're yeah, we're not good at uh we're not good at any of that stuff. Yeah, we, <laughs> we just need we six just write adult music. men to make TikToks all day long. <laughs> yeah. No, what's funny is I made one uh not long ago. Well I guess ah, I guess it was probably like six months ago. Because I just had an idea. I was like, oh, this would be an interesting thing. Cause because basically like we um uh, our our drum tech sent us a video that he had taken on stage at a show that we were playing. And uh on stage for us, it just sounds like complete garbage because mm-hmm. we don't have any monitors on stage. We mm-hmm. use in-ears. So all you can hear is like cymbals and like snare. It just, there's no <laughs> yeah. music on stage. Yeah. And I was thinking when I was watching it, I was like, people probably think that if you're standing on stage, it sounds just like great. Mm-hmm. So I, so I did, I posted this TikTok where I got the, uh, the audio that was actually from the camera, but then I overlaid in the beginning of the video, the audio from our live observatory record where it's like, well, what you think it's going to sound like. Yeah. And then what it actually sounds like. And, uh, yeah, I like that. I thought that was, that was, that's fun, a good, but, that's, uh, a, good yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so well, I'm basically an influencer now. Okay, I don't there know you go. Yeah. Just rack up the views. Yeah. Just racking <laughs> them up, man. Content baby. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to continue to hang out over on Twitch. Uh, so if you aren't there, uh, you you missed out. You know, you, you could have asked up. a bunch of questions. Could have had uh, anything you wanted, but now you, you get nothing, it. and you like it. You blew it. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess if you want to ask Chris any questions, I guess you just have to find him on the internet and just DM uh, him. DM him, I guess. Maybe duet his TikTok. Ooh, yeah, duet the TikTok to get to Chris. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's under O's TikTok, so I don't even know if that's possible. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, give it a shot. I don't know. Give it a shot. Try yeah. it out. 
Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll go and hang out with our friends over there. But uh, Chris, I'd heard that you were one of the nicest guys in the music industry, and uh, this is that's a what lot I of tell fun. people to say. Perfect. Oh, okay. We're gonna so continue could, to say it. If you could carry on that tradition, that would be great. Yep. We'll tell everybody. Yeah, awesome. everyone. <laughs> that's my uh, only stipulation. Perfect. Well, thanks yeah. for being on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, dude. We hope you enjoyed that episode. It was such a great conversation with Chris and just to get some more insider deets on what he does and all the other awesome projects that he also works on too. We will be back next week with another rad episode and make sure again, keep following us on our socials. Keep up to date when we go live too over on emosocialclub.tv. I've been Lizzie. Brian has still not responded to my Discord message after he sent them to me late at night. So he says goodbye from somewhere too. Bye.